0: Welcome back to the Skits and Giggles podcast. I am Pascal, chief instigator of the show and your host. I'm joined by my co-host and our resident engineer, the yin to my yang, the gearbox to my comment section. Bryson,
1: how's it going today, buddy? Hey, Pascal, it's going really good. And do you?
0: Yeah, not bad, man. I have a really, really burning question today. And um, I was wondering
1: if you have ever talked to a bear. Well, not on the podcast, but uh, a few times on the trails. How about you in Switzerland? No, no, we don't
0: really. Well, we don't really have bears around here, but uh, well, we do actually have one bear uh, here in Zurich, actually. And he's called the Flying the Flying Grizzly Bear. And today we have him on the podcast. So welcome to the Skits and Giggles podcast, the Flying Grizzly Bear, Chris. How's it going, buddy?
2: Good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How is it going to you guys?
1: Very well.
0: Oh, all good. all good. Looking forward to this conversation and uh, also to you. Thank you for doing this in English. It, uh, it really means a lot to us. But before we get to it, let's uh, briefly do our spiel with the social and where you guys can find more information about the Skits and Giggles podcast. We are currently most active on our Instagram where you can skid right into our deems and follow along at Skits and Giggles and you can find our website with all the relevant links and info under the URL skitsandgiggles.com. Also, if you guys like what we're doing and want to know what's up, just give us a follow on Spotify, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to great podcasts. Finally, sharing an episode you enjoy on your social or a heartfelt five-star rating on your favorite platform goes a long way in helping us reach, to reach more people like you. Right on. Let's get back to the grizzly. Um, talking about grizzly bears, we, uh, I was recently in Lenzerheide, the, uh, the Swiss Enduro series. Uh, you may have listened to the episode with the, the guys from uh, the series. Um, as I was riding down the last stage, straight line, um, I come down to the bridge we all know from World Cup coverage and stuff like that. And all of a sudden I pull up to that bridge and on the left, all of a sudden a wall hits me. And it's that new big jump on the line. And it's actually called the Grizzly line. So what? Uh, so, tell us a little bit about uh, how that came about. Yeah, it's a
2: pretty interesting story. Um, it all started pretty spontaneous. <laughs> so they always wanted something big since Tommy G was in the kingdom. And uh, yeah, it was a funny story about that because they built it on... Uh, yet on overnight action, which was not really legal, so they had to remove it the next day after Tommy G went. Um, yeah, and so they wanted to have something similar, just uh, in a bike park. And then uh, they, they were talking to me about it. So um, they were like, yeah, let's build something big. What do you think? You, you, know, you have some experience with big jumps and stuff like that. Um, what can we do? And then uh, I talked to the, to the head shaper of the bike kingdom um, and the marketing girl, which is called uh, Corina. So we sat down together, talked about that line. I, I didn't really know where they wanted to build it. So um, we just went there with willow uh, No, it was, it was Trilox, it was Trilox with Jeff and the main builder of uh, the bike kingdom by itself. And we were talking about what, can, what we can do and uh, what we, we figured out uh, is what's now there. So Greg was there as well.
0: Former guest Greg Jollef.
2: Yeah. I managed to, to get him into the boat, so without him it wouldn't be possible to build something like this. He
0: knows a thing or two about building big jumps.
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so it was really important for me to get him to Lenzerheide to build that thing.
0: Okay, and um, what was the, uh, the feedback on the, uh, on the jump? I mean, of course, we've seen the pictures from the recent uh, World Cup coverage, certainly from, uh, from practice where the jump was used to great extent. Um, but uh, what else did you hear from, uh, from the jump?
2: Um, first of all, um, when we were finished, um, kind of both sides... Some, some really good riders, they, they were like, oh, it's a perfect jump, a, there's a, spe- a steep landing where you almost feel nothing when you do tricks, so it's super smooth, but it was kind of sketchy, but to be honest, we don't have enough dirt to make a proper landing, which is like super big, to make it safe. So um, Greg took just what he could for the landing, so it was all he, he got to make it big. And, uh, yeah, for sure, I mean, some, some people crash on it because they didn't expect something like this in, in, in the kingdom, to be honest. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a really big jump. So, um, actually, it was dangerous because the landing was super steep. So you overshoot it super fast. Um, and it was clear from the beginning that we have to, to get some dirt into to it after to make it bigger and as well for the World Cup because... Those guys are coming about three times faster than the average park rider <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's for sure but yeah actually the um, yeah if you, if you look uh, watch the, the the coverage of the actual race run, most people take the the right line over the bridge and most of them scrub the jump to actually you know keep low and don't lose too much time in the air yeah,
1: so I don't think anyone really
0: that was still in the run. I think Kate crashed early and, and used the jump, but uh, I don't think anyone in the at least in the top 20 was really using the jump for a no, race really. run <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a few kind of a uh, few,
2: few riders doing, during their practice and yeah, one yeah. of the I think it was one of the not that good guys I mean not really the fast guys I didn't know him but he flipped it twice oh wow the big one in practice nice so look we'll cup riders going big
0: <laughs> oh yeah for sure for sure well the jump is made for going big so yeah um, it is it's good that people use it to <laughs> 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 All right. Um, well, so maybe let's uh, let's uh, let's back it up a little bit. I mean, uh, <clears throat> you know, how does a, a rider like you get to to build his own uh, line in a bike park in one of the biggest, if not the the biggest bike park in Switzerland? Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about how you you got into riding? You know, to begin with.
2: Oh, that's a long story. Um, I mean, I think I think really I. I I born on a on a bike actually. And but it it really got serious uh, when I started learning my profession. <laughs> so we're 15 around 15. Um I got a I I bought a Marin attac Trail which is one of the ugliest bikes on earth actually. <laughs> Maybe you know it's really bad. You got that uh, quad link um suspension linkage which is the worst ever. I mean you got a I mean you every time when you hit something big you get a 19 degrees pedal kickback and you you lose your pedal for sure. So I started riding with that one. And yeah, I mean I, I destroyed everything. I, I mean I, I destroyed the fork on and it and, and shock and I even cracked the frame after about a half a year. <laughs> so um it was sure I, I needed something bigger. Uh, yeah and then from then on I was riding downhill I got a Rocky Mountain Flatline uh 2012 it was and uh yeah started riding downhill everywhere all the time
0: it got started going big
2: <laughs> yeah exactly it was it was actually the idea from the beginning to to go big on the downhill bike
0: okay so have you ever done um let's say any more formal Uh, jumpings like dirt jumping or or have you always been like more a free rider and having the the big bike park jumps um
2: i mean i started on a downhill bike i did my first backflip on a downhill bike i mean it was in an airbag in in lac blanc but uh, it was my first back first backflip on a on a bike at all and i think a year after um i i built my first um it was a year after my first uh, dirt bike. So then I started to learn tricks on on dirt bike and enjoyed it a, a lot as well. So
0: um, and uh, today, what uh, what keeps you going? What uh, what kind of uh, drives you to to progress? You know, is it always bigger jumps? Is it uh, you know gnarlier lines? Is it uh, what is it, what are your goals in the sport?
2: I mean, I enjoy everything on a bike. Um, I think most I like is. Uh, Riding with friends in a group, it really doesn't matter where. I mean, you have, if you have a good group, you have fun everywhere. You can have fun on a parking lot with bikes. I mean, I had some really good sessions on parking lots with bikes <laughs> and friends. So I mean, yeah, but riding by itself. Um, right now, I really like um, free riding and finding and discovering my own like lines in, in the mountains uh for sure big jumps on on a bike that's that's what i i really like
0: um you're also in some of the uh the 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 kind of big air contests uh, so of course uh this year has been um crankworks i think it was the biggest um you've done some others I believe in norway um with some big jumps um is uh is that uh, also in the future do you want to keep competing or uh yeah, I mean, I would love to ride all the Fester stops. That would be
2: the best life. But, I mean, I, I do whatever I, I, I can. I mean, if I have the possibility to go to Luzfest, I will go there and ride it. Or if I can go to Norway to, to Hockfest, I will go there and ride, ride Hockfest. So it's what I really enjoy. I mean, if I don't have uh, the possibility to go there, I, I do my stuff in Switzerland and try to, to push
1: my own riding. We noticed um, you dropped a, a pretty nice edit earlier in the year. The, the mashup edit I did. Yeah, the mashup edit. Oh yeah, that's what I, I like to do. Yeah, I remember we, we were talking before about um, how you really are inspired by uh, like the Instagram style where you like putting, putting together mashups, putting together small edits and uh, like presenting yourself on Instagram, it's like something you take pride in. And I think you have a, a really good presence on Instagram as well. Do um, you get a lot of good, uh, a lot of, a lot of good, good feedback from, from viewers and, and Instagrammers? Yeah, I do. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, no. But I mean, that's, what,
2: what is, uh, that's something which is uh, pretty important for me. I want to be um, kind of idle for people. Um, I don't want to do just bullshit on Instagram and doing like videos and stories where I'm drinking and, and doing bullshit, you know. I mean, uh, riding is super important and, and the big um, part of my life. So I want to inspire people doing the same or doing something similar or I mean, even learn new stuff on a, on a bike, watching my videos. And that's my goal and with, with Instagram. So that's why I'm doing those mashups and all those videos.
1: All right. And so so flat spin. This is like a I mean we need to we need to do a jargon check right now. So flat spin is you're doing a a 360 spin while table topping. Is that correct? No, actually it's
2: uh, something in between backflip and 360 or even
1: more like a nose-dived 360. So you have your, your rear tire higher than your front tire. Yeah, exactly. And you have to go, like, flat. And you're turning either right or left. Me, I'm turning to the left. Okay. But I'm doing everything kind of
2: complicated because I'm dick-footed. <laughs> dick-footed? <laughs> so, yeah, it's called dick-footed. <laughs> I got my left foot in the front and I'm rotating to the left side, So which is um, completely oh, weird it's like for unnatural. The most of the people. Yeah, it's not the natural ah. rotation.
1: Okay, so maybe, but that's maybe how it brings out all this the style you have. Maybe, I don't know. But I, one thing I I really for me when I think about your tricks, uh, backflip is one of them for sure because you do backflip on a big bike and we don't see so many people doing that. Um, and for sure, uh, the whip—the sickest whip in the game. Yeah, oh, you thanks, have guys. yeah <laughs> the best whip I've seen in Switzerland at least. And for sure, you're like right up there with like you know, Cade style, uh, even like Danny Hart style, you know, like chaos, sick whip, such a clean whip you have. It's so Swiss. Let's say it's Swiss. It's pure Swiss. (laughs) It's pure
0: the Swissness
1: in a whip. (laughs) It's
0: Swissness, Swiss
1: whip. (laughs) But, uh, maybe I noticed, um, yeah, you have use a lot of body language in the air. So you're like turning the bar, twisting yourself, turning back, I've definitely watched the slow mo of your whips like quite a few times. <laughs> but how about um, for the listeners out there? Uh, describe what you're doing as you like approach the the ramp, and then as you're going through all of that. Like, what's in your mind before you hit it, and then what's in your mind as you hit it, or at least what are you trying to do? All right. So first of all, I have never something in my mind when I'm when I'm
2: riding. So <laughs> I'm completely empty. <laughs> I just I just. Feel it. Um, Pure focus. Yeah, pure focus, actually. Right. Um, But first of all, I think we have to start with uh, the foot position again, because left foot front for me, and I'm oppo-whipping, so I I whip to the wrong direction for the normal persons. Mm. So my rear wheel is going to the right side, and that's why I have to steer that hard in the air, so I can't push with my rear foot. So normal persons are... Pushing the bike to the side with the rear foot, uh-huh. and I have to steer to get the angle. Oh. So and I, I mean, I'm I'm learning whips now for almost since ever about twelve years or something, because I always wanted to have those motocross whips. I. It was, that was Somo. really my goal in
1: riding. Yeah, achieved.
2: Definitely, yeah, that was oh, my yeah. big goal.
1: <laughs> but since you have your your opposite foot forward yeah you, it then allows you to use your your right foot to pull your whip back no it's
2: everything with steering i don't ah. do a lot with my feet i just okay. actually um, imagine you're on a bike starting to um get up that ramp so i start to lean in i kind of carve the yeah. takeoff and as soon as my front wheel leaves um the takeoff i steer um, to the left side, and then the fork hits the frame, so I yeah. can push the frame to the side with the fork. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I think I'm, I have that angle I want to have, I steer to the other <laughs> side. So I steer the frame back. I don't do a lot of pushing with my feet. It's really just steering. That why it looks like it is.
1: Hmm. I wonder if it, it looks wild. Um, How do motocross riders also use this? The fork stop to yeah, think so. Turn the bike. Yeah, ah, okay. They have to. So they're really doing it as an upper body movement, probably with a little bit of throttle. I guess. Yeah,
2: make. I think they use the throttle to keep uh, to to get the bike back.
1: Uh,
0: is that is that something you look at to uh, to inspire your tricks? Like the, the moto stuff oh, yeah, or for sure. FMX? Yeah, oh, I, I remember. Have I on remember my bikes. I, <laughs> I sent you. I sent you the clip from Tyler Berman a couple of weeks or months back, and it was just one of the craziest whips I've seen. And I just had to think of you because that is would be the next level of a whip. Is then kind of the the Tyler Berman where he's like standing sideways in the air and then bringing it back, and it's like that is really really crazy. Those guys are flying backwards. I mean, uh, yeah. they, imagine
2: that one flying backwards in the air, and yeah. then turn it back.
0: Exactly. But I guess that's the the additional weight of a, of a motorbike, right? Because the motorbike is what 100, 150 kilos, and you know, downhill bike would say 15 to 20, depending. Um, so it's obviously a slightly different dynamic. But uh, but yeah, it's I, I think it looks 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 really really cool, and um, but yeah, so. But uh, in, uh, in Innsbruck, you did the, the whip-off and uh, of course, jargon check, Bryson, whip-off is a contest format where people are just throwing the biggest whips they can. And it's, only whips. Uh, only only whips. whips count. Only
2: whips yeah. count, yeah.
0: And who's judging? Is it popular vote or is there is actually judged? Um,
2: I think it's actually judged. I think in Innsbruck it was actually judged.
0: Was that before or after you crashed in Innsbruck? I believe.
2: Yeah, yeah, on the second try in the official contest.
0: Ah, bummer.
2: So <laughs> I couldn't do a lot. Oh, I mean, shame. I was riding the whole jump. Uh, I was riding the jump the whole afternoon. So we had the luck to be earlier there, and uh, we could do some 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 practice. And I mean, it, it's an insane uh, setup.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I guess. It's a, it's a testament to the style of your whip that they included you in the, in the highlight reel uh, from, from the whip-offs, even... I think it was only your first run or at least some practice runs because there was in the kind of an Innsbruck video there was, uh, I think, one of your whips was featured in it.
2: Yeah, they were both in, in that video, the, the first one I did, and that one where I crashed on. So both were in the, the video.
1: How did you feel about those ones? I mean, the first
2: was perfect.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. second one was a little bit gnarly. <laughs> okay, and uh, I guess they they just carried out your judging on your first one, or do they do like a best of two scenario?
2: I think they know? didn't touch me at all. They didn't. So oh. the the format is: do you you have a session uh, for an hour or something with all the riders, and then the best three, uh, thirty, the best thirty have another session after with the others and then they judged the winner. Ah,
0: okay.
2: so I couldn't even prove uh, go to the second prove session. Myself.
1: So you were mentioning that you uh, you uh, studied to be a professional. Now that's uh, a professional bicycle mechanic, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And that's when you fell into the the love for for riding and uh, free riding, pulling tricks. What about uh, what about taking the next step, going full pro? Oh, that's difficult. I mean, as a professional, you have to, you have, to have all the, the supporters and the sponsors, and that's the big step, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not just like it just can happen, but it's definitely a, 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 a trip, a, a, a journey. Or a goal? Yeah, of course. It, it would be, it, it is actually, I mean, it would be a
2: goal for me um, if free riding is accepted as a professional sport. Hmm. I mean, I'm really not a slopestyle a slopestyle rider, or uh, I mean, not a professional, not at all, or a World Cup racer, downhill racer. So I, I am something in between, and you can't like measure it. So it's difficult to get a professional or a profession out of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's only very few, very few riders that have kind of that niche. Kind of that free racer or like free, like true free riders, right? So kind of that's basically the people that are competing in a rampage. Mm.
2: Yeah, basically
0: um, at at you know at a maximum, and uh, and that's just a very few. And I guess here uh, in Switzerland, it's a bit more conservative compared to uh, other markets in terms of the the sponsorship opportunities for a free rider. Um, oh yeah. So uh, so I guess that's uh, that's the that's the big challenge here, right? So of course, uh, if you're Cross-country racer, it's slightly... I'm not saying it's easy, but, you know, it's a bit easier. Um, but uh, then if you're, uh, you know, let's say an action sport athlete and, and you know, your, your only competition is uh, maybe you know, once a year, or maybe two, two events a year and some video projects, and that's, of course, a slightly slightly different. Especially, certainly in mountain biking, where it's not as established in
1: Switzerland. Mm. Speaking of racing, have you done any? Um, yeah, when I was fifteen or sixteen, um,
2: I've done the the, the trail fox, stuck and trail fox in Flims. Maybe you know that one. So, but I had always bad experiences with racing, not for myself or my friends, because uh, I, I I was actually not that slow. <laughs> for two years of riding, actually, really riding, but always when I am on a race. Um, a friend of mine is destroying himself so that's why I start, uh, stopped um, trying to be a racer actually because people are going to their complete limit to, because everyone want to win and if you're honest that's not really riding, that's not fun I mean you have to compete in a thing you're loving to do so the thing you love to do is competing and not riding, for me and i'm not competing i enjoy riding
1: interesting perspective i see yeah it's not the competitive mindset it's the fulfilling yourself yeah yeah i like that a lot i'm right there with you cool <laughs> i'm pretty much that's pretty much my take on racing as well i'm i'm not also not fast so that's the other side of it i mean everyone could be <laughs> fast if you if you give a lot of effort into it
2: but if you're not loved to compete, you're not fast.
0: If you just don't brake, you're going fast. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> get off that brakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, soul riders, soul racers. I mean, there's, there's room for everyone. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's the beauty of the sport. That's, uh, um, I think, uh, the important message here. Um, we've already talked a little bit about it with the, uh, the whip-offs and crackworks, uh, some, uh, some nasty crashes, obviously we're going big. There's obviously sometimes, unfortunately also some, uh, some big crashes. Um, so kind of how, I just, I'm just curious how you deal with, uh, you know, with, the, the let's say the side effects of your riding. Of course, you just come back from, I think a pretty lengthy injury. You've been off the bike for a couple of weeks, I believe. So, uh, so yeah, I just wanted to know how you how you deal with all of that. When, and you know, are you doing anything in particular that uh, you know prepares you for those those situations where, unfortunately, you have to crash?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, crashing is part of the game. But uh, for myself, I right now I'm hitting the gym three times a week and have uh, two times physio. So that's my my preparing for crashing. Um, but actually, when I'm when I'm riding during the year, the year or or winter or whatever, I'm, I really just try to ride and not like going to the gym all the time, because I think when you ride your bike, you learn the most, or you even I mean crashing, you learn crashing. So. But it's an important part as well, so I think from from now on I I have to actually because of my elbow, um, I I will hit the gym two times a week and just train my body because next time I I want to destroy the bar and not my elbow.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a uh, you know kind of also an important part of why let's say World Cup downhillers and enduro guys as well as some of the slope stylers they're in the gym quite a bit. I mean I don't say you need to be there like. Total CrossFit animal or whatever, but uh, you know, just to get the body ready for those impacts and and uh, and and holding holding your your limbs together in case you ragdoll down the mountain. That's uh, that's usually a pretty pretty good thing. But um, so yeah, so in crank work, so you you injured the elbow. What uh, what did actually happen? Um,
2: that's interesting because I I was riding the the jump the whole afternoon. As I, I, I said before, so I had a lot of practice, and I really felt the jump. Like, I, I, I loved to ride it, so I, I was able to to flip it, to flip can it, and I think I, I could do everything on that jump, because it's just perfect. Um, but as soon as the contest starts, um, you have to wait for an hour. We had to actually we had to, to wait for an hour. And the light changed, so the sun the sun was going down behind the mountain, which was straight towards you. So um, the sun was straight shining um, towards the jump. So you were looking into the sun. And that, was before, that wasn't before, so I was not used to that situation. And when you jumped down that step down and coming up, um, to, the, to the takeoff, I, I couldn't see anything. The, the whole takeoff was just black. And you kind of had to feel when the takeoff was finished, and then you had to do the whip. So the first time it was good, but it was just feeling. I couldn't see the landing and the takeoff. But for me, it was well, it works, so I can keep going. So then I I walked up again to the start, and someone crashed before me. So we had to wait for another five minutes. And I first opened the, the whip-off. Um, as well, So I was the first rider going down for the official whip-off. And then again, we had to wait for five minutes and no one wanted to start. So I was like, okay, I mean, I can go. No no problem for me. I mean, I did it before. <laughs> uh, I don't care. I mean, I can go. So I dropped in, did my whip and got a little too nose-heavy because I, I turned my bar a little too early. So I was completely nose-heavy, stretched arms and couldn't bring the whip completely back. So I was about 45 degrees sideways. What isn't actually a problem, I mean, I landed 90 degrees sideways and rode it out a few, few times. So <laughs> it's not that big problem. I mean, if, you, if your front wheel is pointing towards where you want to ride, um, you ride it out. But because it was so nose heavy and the jump was so big and my arm were stretched, um, as soon as my front wheel touched the ground, my elbow popped out because of the heavy impact. So I hold, I, I was holding on on my bar so heavy that my elbow popped out. That's wow. that's the reason actually why I crashed after. So I had no scratches on the whole body. I didn't even hit my head on the ground or something. My elbow just popped out.
0: Oh dang! Well, yeah. Good on you for going to the gym. So the next time hopefully your bar snaps, <laughs> on yeah, your that's elbow. The, that's the goal. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that sounds. Uh... But yeah, so you've just been uh, in the gym and some physio and now you're all good to go again, or is there still some some after effects?
2: No, I think it's just my mindset. I just have to get my mindset back. It's a big part of, of the whole thing as well. I mean first of all i have to get my get the trust back in my body so for me it's uh hitting the gym trying to go to the limit of my body strength and see how the elbow works and right now it works even on the biggest like on the heaviest weight it it, it holds together and it doesn't hurt so now i'm going back to whatever skills park trying to get my tricks together all I, all i mean all tricks i i have that's actually not a lot of tricks i just have just to, big ones. yeah <laughs> i just have to land them clear that's for me important to complete to do the complete rotation and land both wheels on the same spot and together so just try to get the precision
1: back and you're also doing uh, some tricks on your enduro bike i've seen <laughs> yeah uh, so funny story for the, for the listeners out there, the three of us all ride the same brand of frame, just a small small maker, but uh, it kind of makes us a little bit of a kin, eh? And uh, yeah, so Team Pascal mates. has his setup as full enduro race rig, mine's kind of this uh, experimental uh, who knows what, <laughs> and of course Grizzly's is a, a free ride enduro machine, so... Um, free duro machine. Free Enduros Free <laughs> <Free laughs> for all in the land of bike kingdom. <laughs> um, yeah, do you, find it, uh, do you find it easy to translate the, the big bike tricks into the Enduro bike? It's, you know, probably a different feeling. So what do you think? Um, for me, it's pretty same. Yeah. It's just got bigger wheels. Right. But it's
2: almost same size for me. And you have suspension, so it's easier for me to to trick.
1: All right, okay. It's a little bit lighter, or because you have a carbon. No, it's bike. same weight. It's same. about okay. sixteen,
2: six and a half kilogram.
1: Right. Yeah. right. Mm. But ra- right. right now
2: I'm riding a mullet like you are. All awesome. right. Yeah.
1: And what do you think? I like it. I mean, cool. you get
2: business in the front and part in the back. It's perfect. I know. It's, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's so cool. Definitely. It's like drinking a beer and a cocktail at the same time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly how it is. <laughs> I think that's the all best party. description.
0: That's the best description of a mullet setup <laughs> that I've heard so far.
1: <laughs> I'm on fire today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I love writing mine too. It's really versatile and uh, you know, you know, just good all around. I could do anything on it almost. I mean, I could, yeah, I pretty much chase down Pascal a lot, but and his is a rocket ship.
0: Interesting. Interesting is that mine is about a kilo heavier than yours. <laughs> At least. Yeah, but now it's also like in full, full, full setup. So full
1: race trim. Yeah.
0: Full, full race everything. It's a fa- it's like factory I, spec I, racing. I don't like. I don't Go. like to deal with flats or or any of that. So.
1: You know. Or air <laughs> in your suspension. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, oh, no one so likes yeah. air in the suspension. That sucks, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you need air under your tires, not air in yeah, your yeah. suspension. That's <laughs> how it works Okay,
0: um I would like to get back to um, kind of the the content creation side of things because I think that's uh, really interesting and we've had um, especially with what you said earlier about you know that's what that's your main medium, how you wanna present yourself and inspire others to ride. And uh, we also had some uh, some interesting uh, conversation with uh, uh, with James before. Uh, very early on in our podcasting career. And um, he made an interesting point. And he was saying, you know, it's it's actually in, let's say, this slope style, free ride, mountain bike corner of social media, you can't really tell where someone is from because, you know, all the big guys, you know, be it Reader, Semenuk, Johansson. Hoop bot. Uh, you know, they they do their tricks, they look uh pretty similar, you know, they they write kind of the same big tricks. Um, but no one is really standing out for their heritage. So for kind of where they're from. And of course you have the Canadian guys that have their big big parks and big mountains. And I was always wondering how how are you thinking about, you know, do you want to bring across that you're you're swiss you're from the swiss mountains and you want to present switzerland or is that not something that that you think about with your with your content
2: actually no i mean you can ride everywhere but it's it's crazy because in switzerland we have so many like different kind of riding so we have everything here that's uh why i love to ride in switzerland because you can do the Nordic freeride lines, you can do some really, really good bike park laps, and you can go to Davos and do the best enduro riding, so we have everything. So I think you see my videos a lot, um, Swissness, I think, but actually I'm not trying to show Switzerland to, to my, maybe, I don't know, to my followers.
0: Okay. Have you thought about this before? I mean, of course, now that's a bit uh, a bit uh, spontaneous in a in a podcast recording. But uh, uh, you know, if you think about you know, think outside the box a little bit. to so kind of how how you could present this to you know a destination, right? So, Lenzerheide, Davos, or maybe some of the smaller areas that that only just get started in mountain biking. I guess there's there's scope to do quite a few things because, as you say, as diverse as Switzerland is there's a lot of stuff that you could that you could do yeah i mean
2: that was i what what was i um i was trying that one actually i i tried to do a video a video part um this year but i i, I couldn't because of my, my injury but i really tried to show some different spots in switzerland and some riding in switzerland some free riding especially in that video maybe i have to do it next year but uh, i started to do something like this here this okay. year
0: yeah I- and what, uh, so when you create uh, content, do you all do that by yourself or do you get some support from, from sponsors?
2: Um, yeah, I get some, 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 some support um, for that project I, I tried to do this year was uh, TSG. They, they gave me a lot of support for the video project. Um, that's why I really wanted to finish it um, this year, but I couldn't so I will finish it next year or the year after I mean it takes a lot of time to travel to different spots and take uh, the videos there But uh, sure. I really want to show what we can do in Switzerland and what we have in Switzerland to ride because I, I think no one really No one really does already have a, a video project for Switzerland with rewriting
0: uh, I mean Ludo may a little bit, but uh, I mean, he is just uh, the janky, janky switchbacks in the in the valleys and Verbier and, uh, and all these places. But um, but yeah, no, I don't think so. There is there is there is a lot of room in that space. I think.
2: Yeah, and the idea was to to go to different spots and visit the different riding and uh, the riders and do together with the riders um, their home spots and. and get some party labs together on their spots so just to show what we can do here
0: oh that sounds like a great idea and as a, as a i'm sure that's quite a trip if you, if you want to go <laughs> around the country and visit all all the all the guys yeah it's gonna be a big one yeah and um apart from uh you know leaving that swissness that swissness aside of course social media today is you know, let's say it's very crowded. There's a lot of, there's a lot of content. I was actually just listening to a uh, a podcast, um, today with Hans Ray, uh, of course, the, the, the godfather of mountain bike videos. And, uh, and he was just saying, and I feel, you know, agree with this feeling, um, is that, you know, there's so much these days. So when you're, you know, at an event, um, for a weekend, let's say, and you know, there's so much going on. There's World Cups and there's events and there's other creators that put stuff out, and then there's this and that. There's actually at this stage, there's so much, and that makes it so difficult to stand out um, from you know this this big mass of content. So, what what are you trying? What are you doing to to try and stand out?
2: Showing my style. I think that's the most biggest important. whips. It, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what makes you different, it's your own riding style. I mean, if you're good at whips, do whips. Show, show, show people how good you are in, in whips. Or if you're good at switchbacks, do switchbacks. I mean, it's your style, it's your riding. Um, people will recognize you just because of your style.
0: Plain and simple. It's actually not as complicated as we need to make it.
2: I mean, as example, Vinny T. Why is he so special? Because of his style. he has got the sickest
0: style on a mountain bike.
2: And he's really one of those free riders, which is just free riding.
0: True. I mean, as we talked about earlier, right? So he's he's in that niche of you know doing a couple of events every year, but the rest of the time he's just
1: making videos. So Grizzly, you are a sponsored rider, partially by TSG. Uh, as well as a few others. Um, how, did your, how did your partnership with TSG come about? Um,
2: that was uh, the Biroma team, actually. I started to ride for the Biroma team. And as I finished with uh, the team, because the idea of the team is to, to support young riders. And I finished with the team um, a year ago, two years ago, when I was 24, two years ago then. I think it was two years ago. So, I tried to keep TSG and bike the world, actually bike the world, so James was supporting me straight, not through, uh, through the team um, before, and uh, TSG was like, yeah, we're interested in you, we, we like what you're doing, so let's, uh, let's keep doing what we're doing, um, even if you're not part of the, the team again, or if you're not part of the team
1: anymore. Right on. And uh, then, we, then they put you in the magazine ad. Uh, sorry, the helmet, the helmet ad on Pinkbike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was really cool to see you there. I was like, hey,
2: I know that guy. Yeah, I, was on the, I didn't know that, but I was, uh, I was uh, on the big um, pictures on the Eurobike, on the DSG um, stand. Really? I, I didn't know that, no. Oh, wow. Some friends of, of mine sent me the pictures. And I was like, "No way! What are you doing there? <laughs>
1: <Awesome>. <laughs> Why did they take pictures of me?" <laughs> so, so the name Flying Grizzly does it have a does it have a story? Ah, uh, yeah, it was my i,
2: it was my my biggest sister, which gave me that name. So it started when I was really young. They my family called me um, Grizzly, not Grizzly. So Grizzly st- instead of Chris. And mm. um, when I getting older um, my friends started to call me grizzly ah. and then I started to ride bikes and uh, to, did some jumps and stuff and my biggest sister once said to me oh you're a, you're a flying grizzly so <laughs> that's the story and I tried to, to change my name on Instagram one day to fly, flying grizzly but it was already taken so it's the flying grizzly bear
1: now. Excellent yeah I th- actually I always thought it had uh, origins in uh, in in something something with Canada because, yeah, Canada Canada is known as kind of the grizzly country, and um, I think when we first met, uh, or actually just before we first met, I was talking to James and he said, uh, yeah, yeah, Chris Fisher and uh, you know he he even went to Canada and he did he went to the the bike parks there and everything and yeah you, you know you should talk to him you're gonna like him and everything so um, yeah you so you were in Canada so we'll maybe just summarize your experience. You tripped trip to Canada, how was that for you? Oh, Canada is the best place on earth. <laughs> You're welcome, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, you have the best stuff there. I mean, mountain biking started there, actually. Yeah. So you have everything. And, and what kind of brought on that trip? Whistler. Yeah, it was Whistler. So I, I, didn't, I didn't knew a lot of, uh, about British Columbia or Canada. When I was the first time there, it was my friends who, who were like always talking about. And then I've seen some videos, for sure. I mean, in, in, the, in all those mountain bike videos, I've sure. seen stuff of Whistler. So that was actually the, the reason why I went to Canada first time. And then a friend of mine, um, he was already I think two times or three times there. So he, he just showed us around and, and, and took us to the best spots. And we were in, in Kamloops and North Shore Mountain, of for sure. We were on uh, Vancouver Island on the Coast Gravity Park, which was super, super sick. This, it, it is one of the best things you can do in Canada for me, All right. the Coast Gravity Park. And even we, we've been to, to Silver Star. Um, but it was super rainy, so we couldn't really ride there. That was the first time of, uh, I've been to Canada, so I felt in love with Canada, so I had to go a second time. Alright. Yeah. And then? It was? The second time was uh, 2019, with okay. a good friend of mine, Dobby Coley. you know him. Um, right. And he, f- he has, he's been there for two months, I think. So I just uh, I, I could just go for three weeks, right. and we had a lot of riding together there, and we did some really gnarly stuff. We we've been lucky. We've met a guy we, we in, in uh, Kamloops. He's called co- he's called Jace, and he took us to his home trail um, next or near to to Kamloops. And uh, he he's got a, a Ford F-150, a big one, a really big one, a big truck with a couch on the on the back, so you can you could sit sit on on a on a couch while he was uh, shuttling you up the mountain. So he was a super cool guy. He got that truck for um, for six beers. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it was completely rusty and, and big holes in it, and, but it was so cool. And he he took us to his home trail, which was actually one of the best trails i've ever ridden so no one knows about it just he and his friends
1: right so this is 2019 that was 2019 yeah all right and then uh so by then you're well into your free ride hobby yeah and you're you're sending it you're uh you're coming here in that you're also of course in the the swiss bike parks as well yeah yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. um and I, mentioned, I remember uh, just earlier you mentioned that, uh, you know, here in Switzerland, you know, you have pretty much the same things, right? Like in Canada, you have like the, the bike parks, you've got down these uh, secret trails, you've got uh, rocky stuff, steep stuff. You know, you can find loam, you can find, like you were saying, you can find all these other things. And that's why you really love riding here. It's not like you don't need to go other places. Yeah, and true. I find, the, I find it exactly the same, actually. And the more I get out to different places, the more I realize, like, what I what I have around me is, like, just as sick as what I left behind. So I'm really grateful for this. Um, but kind of one thing that crossed – well, not kind of, but one thing that crossed my mind as you told me that, and I, you know, I, of course, agree with it, was, like, actually, yeah, actually, people can come here and they can ride Free ride lines, they can ride bike parks, they can ride high alpine stuff, they can ride really remote things or and everything in between. And uh but then I thought to myself, what how how do they know this? How can they find out? Where can they go to to get like kind of a menu of all of these things? And so maybe, maybe uh maybe Pascal, maybe we should get together the the alumni and then we just like get this all out, get this out there, like maybe in a podcast format. No, no, sorry. I'm just joking. Maybe in like kind of like written. <laughs> I mean, you have like this, like skids and giggles suggested this oh, enduro, yeah. suggested free ride line, line <laughs> suggested, uh, you know, um, team en- enduro event and all these things like, like a highlight mm. list. That yeah, would be skits really cool. People's and if people...
0: favorites or something. Yeah. put
1: that on the homepage. Yeah. This is... I just, had, I just kind of had like a light, a light bulb there, I was like, you know, if we're reaching out to some people who want to know about Switzerland, uh, and we're talking to all these people from around Switzerland who are doing so many different things like freeride, enduro, and everything in between, we should just like point form it and be like, boom, this is where you can find that. That was the idea
2: actually for my video. So I wanted really to show all the spots I know, for enduro riding, for free riding, for park riding, and put it together in one video with cool people. Okay. So just to show the world or everyone who wanna watch it what we can do in Switzerland, what we have here.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think it sounds like a great idea. Yeah, but yeah. It's so 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 hard to do. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. And well, that's a multi year a multi year project, I think.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: I realized that one this year, yeah
1: well, you know, reach out if you need uh, some support on, from our end and maybe we can, we can collaborate to see what uh, we can produce. Yeah, for sure. Or you, yeah. you can join me riding exactly. in Davos or somewhere else. Yeah, maybe I'll like, be at the bar while you're doing your flips. But, uh... No, we don't have to <laughs> do flips all the time. We just have to, maybe, sometimes we just have to show some beautiful landscapes. For sure. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't mind being the, the guy who's like, welcome to Davos, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, we see you in the background shred. <laughs> yeah.
0: another skits and giggles alumni project
1: yes so amongst uh, our favorite places to ride in switzerland uh for me and, and pascal for sure is davos it's just got you know great terrain uh very good lift access and it's also just a nice city so um i caught word that uh, you're heading up there um a little bit of a permanent setting so could you tell us a little bit about what you're gonna be doing and why you're heading up to Davos? Yeah, sure. I mean
2: the why must be must is, is clear for sure. I mean it's it's one of the best places we have around here for riding especially. So the idea was to and and that's now becoming real, to to just live in the mountains. I got a lot of friends in Davos, so that's why we, we decided to move to Davos, me and my girl. Um so we're moving to Davos. I started working as a shaper in Lancer Heide bike park. So maybe we have a lot of changes next year in the bike park. And we'll sit there in a digger the whole year. <laughs> and Expanded <just> grizzly <laughs> line. Grizzlier lines. Yeah. <laughs> Doing big jumps and cool lines. That's what I want to do. And in the winter, I'm working as a ski patrol. Yeah, on the slopes and uh, yeah, maybe. If you're in Lancer High Day in the winter skiing and having a crash, just give me a call. <laughs> I will come and, and yeah, give you some painkillers. <laughs> just
0: the good
1: stuff. <laughs> just the good stuff. <laughs> or maybe I'll just uh, crash the yeah. uh ski patrol party. Oh, yeah, I can join you. <laughs> <Yeah>. OK, <laughs> exactly.
0: Probably safer. <laughs> an, easier, an easier way to get Chris's attention is just to invite him for a beer
1: after skiing, rather than <laughs> crashing <laughs> on the slopes. <laughs> Right on. Yeah, I think you made a good choice going up there. It's uh, kind of a dream. It's like uh, back home. um, Yeah, I had some buddies uh, from Vancouver and were just like, yeah, I'm going to move to Whistler or I'm going to move to Squamish and work in Whistler. And, you know, it's like the dream. So I totally understand the sentiment of you want to get up to the mountain town, you want to be in the environment, you want to have access to those epic trails and just, yeah, the expanded network as well, like around Devils. So... Kudos, man. Good luck.
2: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. I mean, what are we doing all week? And we're just driving up to the mountains and ride bikes. So I'm I'm there then. You're just cutting your commute down. Yeah. I don't want to drive my car.
0: <laughs> I'm just sitting in a mountain and ride bikes. Saving the planet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One ride at a time. All right.
0: Cool. Um, you know, to uh, maybe to wrap it up, we have our... Uh, our uh, Close out questions, which we you know, like to go through with our guests, if that's okay. Um, first one, pretty straight and simple, I think we heard about that Marin already. So uh, just tell us again about that, uh, that first bike that got you really stoked on riding.
2: My first bike which got me stoked on riding, that was my Marin. It was a shitty bike, but it got me stoked on riding. That's where it started.
0: There you go, you don't need a nice bike to be stoked on riding, it's as simple as that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you just need a bike and have fun on it. (laughs) It sounds like it also got you stoked on wrenching. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I had had a lot of repairs on that one.
0: (laughs) Nice. Second one, imagine you're Harry Scadini and you're a bike magician extraordinaire. Um, you can make riding a bike more awesome for anyone by the stroke of a magic dropper post. What would you do? Oh,
2: that's a really difficult one. I heard about that one already, but I have no answer, I think. I mean, what, w- what would I do? I would... Oh, I don't know. Apart from moving to Davos. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would recommend to everyone to move to the most.:
1: <laughs> Party laps. Party labs.:
2: <laughs> Difficult question. Actually, it's a suspension setup, which is uh, yeah, which is adapting to your riding. All the time, everywhere you are, you don't have to, to change the setup. it setups for yourself. Ooh. So that would so- be sick.
1: Good. So not I like, like a set and forget it, but like a constantly adapting perfect setup. What you have in your mind, the setup is doing for you. Wow, that'd be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> Do you think it would help with skids? With skids? <laughs> if you had this perfect, if you had this perfect uh, suspension,
2: it will help. If you it will help with
1: skids, before. or it would it would decrease the skid.
2: No, it will help you. If you want to skid, the suspension setup will set it up for you and you do the perfect
1: skid. Perfect epic skids? Yeah. What, what, what would that look like in your mind? If you were to control your bike with your... The perfect skid. Yeah. Getting full speed
2: in a corner like a walk-up racer and kind of realize at the very last moment that you have to turn your bike around. So both brakes full locked and get into the berm almost like get popped over your bars but your rear wheel is just exploding the ground like everything is just flying around you that's, that's a perfect skip for me
0: nice well Grizzly that was uh, really cool thanks again for uh, your time for sitting down with us um, if listeners have any questions or want to learn more about the Grizzly Bear on the bike, what are you up to where can they find you
2: uh, basically on Instagram, Flying Grizzly Bear. And if you want to learn something or if you want to ride with me, just hit me up. I'm I'm totally in for riding.
0: Sweet. All right. Thanks again. This was cool. Bryson, Awesome. good chatting to you. See you guys soon. Farewell, boys. Ciao. Cheers.
2: Thank you, guys.